Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Liberty B-Side Podcast and actually the last B-Side Podcast of this a fall, yeah. winter, semester, as so to speak, here at Liberty Church. Uh, I'm Jenna Wright, your host, and joined by the one and only Matt Leloyan. Uh, Matt, how was your uh, Thanksgiving week last this past week? Yeah, yeah, good morning, Jenna. And uh, it was good. It was a really good Thanksgiving. We've uh, we've done Friendsgivings most of the years that yeah. we've lived in Pennsylvania because both of our, our families are, are far away. So we had a great time with some friends on Thursday and... Uh, Got to decorate for Christmas on Friday. Yeah, all is right in the world again. All is right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm like the old school traditional approach to that where I like, you know, I wait till after Thanksgiving mm. to to do the Christmas decor, but got ourselves a tree nice. and got uh, some decorations up and just some good family time over the weekend and and then yeah, got to uh gather together yesterday and close out the series on the life of Moses. Which is wild, right? It is. It's I mean, you know, we've said multiple times over the series, we flew we've- Flew and we did yeah. even more flying yesterday because we skipped like not only the, the like end back of half of Exodus but also like Leviticus, Numbers, yep. and the first you know ninety percent of Deuteronomy mm-hmm. and just hit the end of Deuteronomy. Yeah, so there's a little like, bit of cherry left a little bit on left there. a little bit on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah just right. just a little bit on the that's table. Right. But that I mean I guess that's a helpful allusion even to like the completeness and completeness of yeah, our lives that you even talked about yesterday. There you go. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to hear that you had a, a great Thanksgiving man and hopefully some, some rest and time off uh, with yeah. the fam, with the girls yeah, this, this past week. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. About, how about you? How yeah, was Anthony and I uh, took the country roads yeah. uh, uh, home to my mountain mama <laughs> uh, in the beautiful state of West Virginia. Uh, for you, those of you that don't know, I got to hang out with my parents and my siblings and their kids and and uh, yeah, just had a really good time. Got to get out in nature on yeah. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Do a little little trek through uh, the Appalachian yeah, Mountains. Yeah, thank you. That's remind uh, us of the pronunciation the, the every time. The correct pronunciation yeah. to all of you Pennsylvania people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no shade. But the, the question is: you know, Are you contractually obligated to quote John Denver every time you mention your home state? I think I think pretty much. I yeah, think, I think that's I think that's a uh, thing. It's. Yeah, it's just it's, part of it's, it's on your birth certificate. It's just a contract that is part of your birth certificate when you're born. Yeah, and regardless of where I am, if I hear the song, you know, I have to find the person next to me and sway Absolutely. together as we, yeah. you know, sing it very, very loudly. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, that's just part of the the deal uh, of being West Virginian, mm-hmm. being proud of where I'm from. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great time, man. And I got to come home and have a slow day on Saturday and decorate the house for Christmas. Nice. So again, all is right. All in the world. is right. My village is up. Uh, yes. So I you know you the village. That's uh, that's that's awesome. We built a pretty gnarly ski slope, and yeah. that's village. So yeah, if you want to check out a fun village, come on over uh, to the right household. Yeah, to, that's to have great. You this holiday season. So, um, but yeah, uh, yesterday was as you mentioned, Matt, the cap off to yes. our series on the life of Moses, and it's been a really fun journey thus yeah. far. We've yeah. had a lot of awesome questions to navigate. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this the content that we've covered in this format has been helpful for your Bible studies thus far. 
Um, but here we are at the end of this series. Uh, and as you said, you skipped kind of over the end of Exodus uh-huh, and jumped uh-huh. right into Deuteronomy 33, 34, and yep. then went back to Deuteronomy 18. It's so, a really important one line in Deuteronomy 18 that you can't really can't yeah, really miss. That broke my linear brain, so thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, well, you mentioned this. I thought this was helpful that Exodus ended with the filling of God's presence into uh, the, the temple or the temporary temple, yeah, the tabernacle, the tabernacle yep. at the time. That's right. Um, that helps give us a framework for like why the rest of things that happened in the, the, the parts of the, the, the books of scripture that we missed and yep. then jumping into Deuteronomy. Yep. Uh, so with that in mind, why don't you give us your summary from yesterday uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. We really just skipping ahead since we were really focused on this uh, in the series on Moses and his life. It wasn't just a straight through the book of Exodus series, right? Uh, even though it was primarily there. We we wanted to at least get to the end of Moses's life and yeah. say a few words about that. So this it was really the, these texts uh, in mainly the end of De- Deuteronomy that give the last of his life. And so uh, in true alliteration form, huh. we went with the last address, oh, some of his last words there in, in the end at the in Deuteronomy thirty three. Uh, the last ascent, he goes up one last mountain. That's where he dies. That's the beginning of Deuteronomy 34. Uh, last assessment, mm-hmm. uh, the final words of the Pentateuch, the final words of Deuteronomy, uh, are an assessment of Moses' life written by someone else. We don't know who, but yep. but really it's it's God's assessment of Moses' life. Mm-hmm. And then fourth, we covered yesterday, a lasting assurance. Mm-hmm. Going back to that Deuteronomy 18 promise, first that Moses says that, that God will raise up a prophet like me from among my brothers, from among yep. the brothers. And then God testifying to that two verses later saying, that is true. I will raise up a prophet like Moses mm-hmm. uh, from the people and, and looking at how that is anticipating in all of these lasts of Moses' life anticipate um, the destiny of the people of God, which is the greater exodus to come right. in Jesus. Yeah, which destiny was the title of yesterday's it was. sermon. And so kind of tying that all in at the, the end, I think, was really intriguing, especially since the way that we talked about framing this whole series, yeah. where it's like big major points of the life of Moses and Israel in conjunction with those things and then skipping to the end to his death. That's right. Which did make me think, is Matt a guy that will like read the first sections of a book mm. and then skip to the end and just read the conclusion? You or? know, I wish I could. I, I like have so many books that I should probably just do that for, but yeah. I just have on principle, in principle, I'm like, I can't really say that I've read that book unless I've read the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I'm not, uh, in real life, you know, uh, in actual reading, I, I um I make sure to read the whole thing. Yeah, I was just you know just wondering. Yeah, a little that's bit, a good question. You know? Yeah, fair question. Um, but with that all all that said, mm-hmm. we only have one question this week, which actually is a light week. We, yeah, we've had several questions in the 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 yeah, last we've several had a weeks. A lot of questions. Yeah. Um. So why don't we go ahead and jump into this question? Great. It's a little bit tangential. Um, to the text that you covered yesterday, sure. but it, it fits in with really the idea that Moses died. His body was buried somewhere. Yep. And you mentioned yesterday. Probably it, by God. By God. Yeah, that's the, that's the most natural reading of the original text. But nonetheless, we yep. know that Moses could see the promised land. He died yep. and was not able to enter. And Correct. his body was buried. 
Yeah. Um, and in reflecting on this concept, yeah. our, one of our questioners, he said, we covered Moses' death and burial yesterday. So can you talk about Jude 1.9? And Jude 1.9 in the ESV reads, But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said... The Lord rebuke you. Hmm. Uh, and this uh, questioner said, so what did the devil want Moses' body for? And hmm. also, if there's a battle over Moses' body, was there a battle like this over Jesus' body too? Hmm. Yeah. So what are some of your thoughts there, Matt? Yeah. First of all, uh, on this Cyber Monday, if you're looking for like uh, a holiday gift idea, please someone stitch this on like a pillow. <laughs> Can someone put Jude 1-9? on like a coffee cup or a pillow and just like send that to a family member randomly without any explanation. Yeah, or maybe create some AI art or something. That would be amazing. Of, you know, yeah. Michael and Satan <laughs> fighting over, over the body. Of, body. Yeah. This is a verse in, it's in scripture. It's is part yeah. of the word of God. So um, we need to like do something with it. You know, yeah. it, it's there. It's there for us, for our, for our learning, but it is definitely an obscure verse in scripture. It is indeed. Um, and maybe just a, a couple other uh, comments about it before diving into the answers to these questions. Um, one would be to say Jude's audience mm-hmm. uh, writing this letter, you know, Jude's audience would have some reference for what he's talking about. Right. We, we don't. Yep. Sometime between when this letter was written and <laughs> now uh, that story of the Archangel Michael fighting with the devil, with Satan over Moses' body has been lost to history. So, yeah. There's, there's, but there's, we were looking at a couple different commentaries, like yep. how do, yeah, what have people found about this and scholarly research? And there's a, an, um, an extra biblical work called the Testament of Moses that maybe is referencing, you know, mm-hmm. the same instance, uh, not completely clear on that front, but the way that, the way that, uh, Jude references this in the letter is like, well, of course, you know, what I'm talking about yeah. is that the Archangel Michael Very and Satan. Very matter-of-factly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. So I, I guess that was at one point common knowledge for his, for his audience. Hmm. Um, it's also written in a context that's more about, um, not blaspheming mm-hmm. holy beings or, uh, or Satan even like that, that the, the Archangel Michael is careful um, not to treat Satan lightly. Uh, right. And he just says to him, the Lord rebuke you rather mm-hmm. than presuming an authority that even Michael doesn't have and says, it's God who's going to deal with Satan. So it's, there's a, there, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little kind of tangential reference in Jude to a different point that Jude is making in that moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good question. So what did the devil want his body for? <laughs> Um, I have no idea. Like, yeah. I, I think we should just maybe say it that way. Yeah. Um, but Jenna, as we were talking before, yeah, I think there are some some good principles to pull from this. Maybe, and I'll kick it over to you mm-hmm. um, about the importance of the body and even someone's bones, even the remains of a, of a human body after they're they've died. Right. This is, I mean, a little bit weird, right? Because yeah. we see in other instances, not too far, you know, ahead yeah. of this in the, in Genesis and other places where people are actually asking to have their bones That's picked right. up and carried back into the land of Canaan yeah. so that their body is no longer in this other land, but is in this like land that is promised by God that, that is meant to bless the earth. So yeah. it's like, it is kind of weird here that like Moses is buried by God 
Moab and, yeah. and left there. So there, there yeah. seems to be something in, significant in Moab, in Moab, not the promised land, not the yeah. promised land. Yeah. That there seems to be something that's significant about that. And as I was like reflecting on that and thinking about that, yeah. there, there's even like this finality to that, or even what you talked about yesterday of this, like we come to the end of our lives yeah. and some things are complete and some things are not. And, right. and what we have here is Moses who's serving in this mighty mediator for the yeah. people of God yeah. who dies looking at the promised land right. and he can't go in. And not only that, he can't go in in life, but he can't go in in death. His bones are mm. left behind, buried yeah. by God yeah. in enemy territory. Yeah. And there's something significant about that that I think is like a little bit greater than what you mentioned yesterday, that like yeah. this wouldn't become a shrine. But it's actually like leaving this open to the reality that yeah. like as the mediator, he didn't raise from the dead. He didn't. He yeah. didn't uh, it's it's leaving this gap for us of wanting and yeah. anticipation that there's someone better that's coming. That's right. And the reason I say that is because the rest of the text then fleshes that out into 34 yeah. and says, oh, there is one that's coming. That's right. Uh, and, and, and you even built around that yesterday. Uh, so there does seem to be some yeah. kind of significance to that of like, man, like this reality that like Moses wasn't it. Yep. He was awesome. Yep. But like there was one that was going to come that was better. That's right. Um, on the other side of this, though, there is something to the reality that seems to be happening in June 9 that Moses's bones were left in enemy territory. Mm-hmm. So what we know about Canaan is yeah. in the Old Testament, this was God's protected land for his people yeah. that was intended to be a nation that was going to bless the entire earth. It was this this little land, this land in yeah. the middle kind of of the world that was yeah. meant to reflect Yahweh and what his people lived yeah. like in subjection to that God. And yeah. what we see here might be a little bit of an interplay of like uh, Michael on behalf of God's army, angelic yeah. army, yeah. Uh, wrestling to take back yeah. someone that is God's. Yeah. At, yep. at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and there are some biblical scholars that even talk about this in the sense of like, Moaz was not the land of God. Right. Canaan was. That's right. And in Christ, in the gospel, there's this restoration of not just us that are part of God's yeah. family, but there's this restoration of the entire earth coming back into subjection mm-hmm. of Yahweh. Uh, and it, it's like this outworking and, and God pulling all of the earth back to himself. And there might be yeah. something there even substantively in this wrestling match between yeah. uh, between the, you know, what we see as Satan and Michael, the archangel. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. Yeah. At the end of the day, this text is shrouded in misery. <laughs> sure. Right. Sure. Uh, and it does seem that the intent of this text seems to be more about addressing who has the authority mm-hmm. to call something blasphemous sure. or not. Right. Uh, there also seems to be like a, a hint at like there's some little G God authorities and powers that yeah. have some delegated authority yeah. uh, in some sort of way. And that is the only thing above that is is God. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. Um, That's good. So there's a lot of things going on here, but I, I think some of those things are kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And what I would say, too, as we, and we talked about this a lot, I wouldn't get lost here. Sure. For sure. Uh, do you have any, like, pastoral impulse, I guess, <laughs> from that perspective to say, yeah. man, like, how can you think about this in the reality of your Bible studies? Like, 
Yeah. Uh, what is it, what would it look like to like talk about this in your Bible studies in a way that's helpful and not like spending so much of your time here in in this place, Matt? Yeah, I mean one of the one of the kind of foundational principles of Scripture is that Scripture interprets Scripture, mm-hmm. and so we want to we want to take what is more clear in Scripture and interpret the stuff that's more right. obscure in light of the stuff that's more clear. Yeah. So so I would say first of all, don't don't build like a massive theology around you nine. <laughs> you know that's a um, yeah. similar to like you know. Um, like one of the ways that Mormon and Mormonism errs from Christianity is they they get baptized on behalf of people who have right. passed away. Yep. There's an obscure reference in Corinthians oh, yeah. that talks about being baptized on behalf of the um, dead. It's the like, dead. what's Paul talking about there? We don't know, but we would say that's not the right application right. to take that one verse and then go do something right. with that. So so maybe maybe there's as kind of one baseline is to say don't root any significant cornerstone of your theology on right. this on this text. Um, a couple things though, I think that would be helpful here. One is cause there's some, there are some important principles and Jen, yeah. you've spoken already really well to the, to them, but one would be to say that there is a reality of spiritual warfare that mm-hmm. is unseen that plays out. Um, there are multiple references in scripture to the unseen spiritual warfare that's right. playing out, even Michael, the archangel yeah. and other foes. So and there's a lot of that in Jude as well there is. in this very short. Jude has a, like a particular interest in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were we were joking too. So uh, our good friend John Robinson down in Tampa uh, is currently preaching through the, the book of Jude. He was up here uh, visiting a couple weeks ago, and you asked him, Jenna, like, I hey, asked what him, you, I was like, hey, what, what what did you do with the the Moses' bones? And he was like, oh, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of hopped over it a little, kinda, you know, he just kind of skipped over verse nine. So yeah, so John John wisely was also not building any kind of cornerstone <laughs> theological, you know, uh, point uh, for the core team of Liberty Tampa uh, on on this verse. But um, spiritual warfare is real, and spiritual warfare does impact and intersect with the physical, the physical realm. reality. So I think that's a, that's one principle. Two, and you were speaking really well of this, um, the material matters. Yep. The physical land, bodies mm-hmm. matter to God, not just the spiritual, not just the right. soul. And this idea that that the, the restoring work that God is going to do entails... Like like Colossians talks about uh, that in Jesus, God is reconciling the world to himself. Things right. on earth, things in heaven. He's reconciling all of the stuff to right. himself that's gone, that's that's been in rebellion, that's, yeah. that's been broken and corrupted mm-hmm. by sin. And so there's even a glimpse of that in, in as obscure a reference as this is to us, that uh, that God is reclaiming even the bones, the body of Moses yep. back into the land that is uniquely his in the land of Canaan. Right. And it, it reminded me of the Abraham Kuyper quote mm. uh, that I want to just pull up and read, um, which is uh, Kuyper was a Dutch theologian. I think he was the prime minister of, of the Netherlands, too. I think he was both a politician and a theologian. But his quote is, there is not a square inch in the whole of creation over which Christ, who mm-hmm. is sovereign over all, does not cry mine. Yep. And even maybe, you know, yesterday, not not knowing, you know, um, this is going to be our question to, to spend our time on today. But yesterday mm-hmm. being Christ the King Sunday mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the last Sunday of the Christian year before the season of right Advent starts, Advent. the new year. Mm-hmm. And this idea that Jesus is the sovereign over all and mm-hmm. cries mine over every square inch of creation. There's even a glimpse of that in in Michael, the messenger of God, reclaiming the body of Moses right. for God. There's, there's a, a, I think, a picture of that. So pastorally talking about what what else God needs to reclaim right. in our lives in this world um, through the work of Jesus there there's some some applications maybe to talk about there 
Yeah, and I think pulling that further, your application to actually allow like the the fact that there was a prophet that was going to be coming in in, yeah. in in 34 we see and no, sorry, Deuteronomy 18 is yeah. promised, sorry, my linear brain again. <laughs> uh, and do it back in Deuteronomy 18 yeah. where it's promised Moses is promising there is a prom, a prophet coming from That's amongst right. you That's that right. you gonna you're going to need to listen to. He's yeah. coming and that kind of you said that set up the destiny for the people of God to anticipate that one that was going to come. Yeah. And in the same way we're carrying that anticipation in our our walk with Jesus and the fact that like in Acts 1 he ascended into yep. heaven. I yep. uh, seated at the right hand of the Father as we we quote in the creed yeah. and he will come again in yeah. the same way he ca- he came in Acts 1 is what we see. Yeah. Um and there's this reality where we're we're coming into this advent season with I think a renewed anticipation, I hope. Yeah, that's right. Um and and maybe the question that you have for yourself is like are you letting this fuel your anticipation yeah. for the coming again of this Messiah that came to mediate on our behalf and is interceding on our behalf now uh, with the Father and he will come again. Yeah. Um That's right. Not as a baby. Mm. As a judge, as a judge, yeah. um, and to and collect, to collect and restore his people, yeah. uh, including the bones of Moses. That's right. There you uh, go. Yeah, obviously, we see Moses again in the Transfiguration in the New Testament. Yeah. We know that his presence is with God in yep. some way, however that works. Um, but we know too that the, even the bones of Moses will be resurrected; That's right. his body and store, soul will be restored. Hmm. Um, and there's an anticipation and hope there for us too that we can carry carry into Advent season that may be unexpected to talk about in your Bible studies as well. That's good. Um, yeah, I think that <coughs> kind of like dances around that question. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, you know, to the listener, you'll have to let us know if if you're uh, satisfied with that answer. Yeah, this this uh, last part though that would maybe be good just to touch on quick. Oh. Which says also if it, if there was a battle yeah. over Moses's body, what was the battle like over Jesus's body? I think that one is a little a little easier to a answer. A little easier in that um, we don't have any indication that there was a battle over no. Jesus's body. Um, he was in the tomb for three days, mm-hmm. but then was not in the tomb anymore, and there yeah. wasn't a body to be battled over at yeah. that point. So you know, there's I mean, I don't know if that question is kind of delving a little bit more into. Did Jesus experience hell, or what did yeah. that mean? That like, like as the, yeah. the original well, what's language of the, the question. Creed says, I guess maybe the question there is, what do we mean by he descended to the dead correct. in the creed yeah. that we we talk we talk about here? Yeah, and I think maybe the short answer of that would just be to say that he experienced, you know, the for being forsaken by God, the separation from God, from having that intimate relationship right. with Him, which is the experience of hell. Yeah, and so I think that's the whether you say descended to the dead. Or say descended to hell. Yeah. The other piece that you have to remember when Jesus, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, and one of his last sayings said to the thief on the right who repented of his sins, yeah. "Today you will be with me in paradise." Yep. So that experience um, of Jesus being separated from the Father, experiencing hell, was not all three days either. Right. I think that would be the the danger of of rejecting what Jesus also said about today you'll be yeah. with me in paradise. Yeah. So the um, so the idea there would be Jesus did experience separation from God, did experience hell. I don't think there was a battle over his body because I don't think it was a prolonged experience. No. Uh, how long, I guess we don't know. Right. But when Jesus said today to the thief, it, it, it assumes like 
not all three days. Right. And there was no real room for contention when three days later he rose from the dead. Right. Physically. Yeah. Because uh, then there's no, bo- there's no body to there fight over. There is no yeah. body to fight over. There's nothing. <laughs> right. There's no bones left behind in enemy territory, if you want to look at it the same yeah. way we looked at uh, the, the death and body of Moses in, in this capacity. In fact, Jesus' resurrection is sealing his authority over all of creation, right. over all of the earth. He he is actually issuing that like ability for us to actually expand the kingdom of God uh, right. and setting us on this trajectory for the culmination of all of that being made new, uh, which yeah. is really, really cool and exciting. Yeah. Um, and an encouraging way to think about our trajectory into Advent, I think. Um, I yeah. think maybe one last thing that I, I wanted to touch on that I thought was really helpful from yesterday mm. uh, was you talked about like this in, so the last assessment mm. section, Yeah, uh, you talked about like this reality that we are horrible at assessing our own lives. So yeah. we see God's assessment of Moses here at the end of, of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, you kind of like pulled that into extrapolating toward us and, and saying the only thing that really matters is God's assessment of us. Yeah. But like, what does that mean for our own assessments of ourselves and of each other? Yeah. Uh, you talked about this kind of like interplay of over assessing ourselves and under assessing yeah. ourselves. Um, do you have any like pastoral thoughts as to what's a helpful way to mm. know whether or not you overassess yourself or underassess yourself? Mm. Uh, and what are helpful ways for people to maybe think about that in Bible studies? Because I think that's a really powerful and helpful, tangible application of the the passage from yesterday. Yeah, yeah. My my mind goes back to that First Corinthians passage where mm. Paul's talking about to the Corinthians. You know, your judgment of me really doesn't matter. Mm. Um, I don't even judge myself. And he says, I don't even judge myself. And then, but then he says very, you know, very uh, accurately, very truthfully. Uh, but even my own self-assessment is not what actually acquits me. Like that's not, it's, it's God's, it's the Lord who judges me. It's what, it's God's mm-hmm. assessment that matters. Yeah. And, um, man, a few, probably 10 years ago, uh, Tim Keller wrote a really helpful small book called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, mm-hmm. which his line in there, as he's just so much better than, than, <laughs> than me and many, uh, of, of, succinctly summarizing profound thoughts. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Um, so the idea that we would underestimate ourselves and think C.S. Lewis quote, it could be, I think it is. I think that's a quote of C.S. Lewis. Oh, nice. Okay. We're all, everyone just plagiarizes everyone else. So me plagiarizing Keller, Keller plagiarizing C.S. Lewis. I think that might be C.S. Lewis. Uh, C.S. Lewis may be speaking face to face as with God as friends, like yeah. Moses did. Maybe C.S. Lewis has so many of those lines himself. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, yeah. So that line though of 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 not thinking of thinking less of yourself, like not underestimating yourself, mm. um, but thinking of yourself less, is mm. is that idea of self forgetfulness and just remembering that it's God's assessment of you. Right. I think whenever we're in this overestimating, underestimating of ourselves. It's really just, just polar opposite ends of the same spectrum, which is a hyperfixation on ourselves. Hmm. And so if there's a freedom that, to be found in that, it's to say, what would it look like to actually get our eyes off of ourselves hmm. and to trust the kinds of assessments that, that God makes of us, which right. is that we're beloved. Um, man, we're, we are those desperately in need of a savior, but, but we have a savior. Right. You know? um, so, that's, I think, Pastor, I think in community, we can help each other do that a lot, too, mm-hmm. where we really do need um, 
encouragement. We yep. really do need um, affirmation. We we need like we need other people to speak words of life and into our lives that right. know us and see us, um, and to help calibrate that to mm-hmm. help us to help us see ourselves through God's assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in community we can do that really well with each other. Yeah, it, it often we have to you know we have to preach the gospel to ourselves. We have to remember um, those truths in in moments when we're by ourselves too. Uh, but I think one of the dangers and one of the like endless spirals that we can kind of get into is like this hyper fixation on ourself and trying to, you know, completely calibrate that assessment accurately of like, am I over or am I underestimating it? Um, and the reality is, is like, we have to just go to what ultimately is, is God saying about, about who I am. Hmm. Um, so anyway, those are some, those are some initial thoughts there. I think that's, um, I think maybe, I think even though we can go back and forth on that spectrum of underestimating, right. overestimating, um, most of us probably have lean a natural propensity to yeah. one side or the other. And most of us, which I think that's a good question yeah. to ask and, and maybe be evaluating in your Bible studies to say, yeah. man, do I lean in one direction or the other? Do yeah. I kind of view myself as like, a savior of the scenario, my presence, my work, my contribution yep. can all like if it's removed, no, sure. nothing's going to happen. Nothing's, if you yeah. if you lean that direction, you probably overassess yourself. And you said that yesterday. Yeah. Um, if you're under assessing, if you're so devaluing right. who you are, how you're created, that it it tends to despair or apathy or um, yeah. not really doing anything at all. Right. Yeah. That. Uh, and that those are two ends of the same coin, but I think we yep. do have, I, I, I mean, I tend, I think in the same way toward over-assessment hmm. of myself. Um, I, th- I think sometimes though, reformed people, we can think under yeah. assessment sometimes in the fact that God is yeah. sovereign, he's working things and we kind of forget the man that in that he's working Yep. with us and forming us to work on his behalf. So there is an emphasis yeah. where we're like we are needed yep. in this process. Like our yep. contribution does matter. Very much um, so. so what does it look like to assess where you're at on that scale? Yeah. Um, and then think about like, what does it look for you, look like for you to then be called out yeah. on the sinful parts of that? Yeah. But what do you need from the people in your Bible studies to encourage you when you're mm. at the extremes of that? propensity yeah. in one direction or the other. I yeah. think those are two really helpful calibrations of that. Yeah, that's really on, good. On both and, ends. And one of the discussion questions we we have kind of gets at that a little bit, could be a, a jumping off point for you. Like whose assessment of your life are you inclined to trust? You know, yeah. how do other people's assessments of you affect you? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your own self-assessment? How does that affect you? And, and right. what does it like to trust God's assessment most even even in there, like how can this group help you do that? Right. So there's a great like jumping off yeah. point to because I think to your point, Jenna, that's we we both have you know we all have our proclivity to go one way or the other, uh, probably more often, but but also the other the other error is since they're since they're part of the same spectrum, yeah. you can you can kind of like swing back swing and that forth. pendulum back and forth pretty pretty hard and fast. Right. Yeah. Well, Matt, I think we've come to the end of uh, yeah. this uh, this little chunk of B-sides uh, yeah, on the this... life of Moses. Yeah. Um, from your perspective, um, is there anything that, like, any final thoughts hmm. that you would kind of just want to leave um, 
are people with as they also are culminating their Bible studies likely in the next couple weeks sure. as well. Yeah. Um, do you have any just kind of lingering thoughts on, man, how do we kind of tie the bow uh, to this series on the life of Moses? Yeah, I, I would say let's learn everything we can about uh, from Moses and from his example specifically. Like there is, there is just so much to learn about courageous leadership and humility Um you know, showing up and being used by God, even uh, like how to live out the the latter years of your life and to yeah. finish well. I mean, there's so many other kinds of like mm. practical applications we could have like teased out in this series. So, sure. so let's learn everything we can from the example of Moses, mm. but also to remember that the, the main point of Moses in scripture is also that we look through Moses and, and really have our own longing and anticipation mm. for Jesus to come. Yeah. Um, that'd be, that'd be the way I would bring the whole, kind of serious and it's true of any other hero any other character that we find in scripture right. is to say man learn from their example absolutely um but moses in the way that he points forward to jesus t- teaches us so much about mm-hmm. I, I just i'm i'm continually been encouraged and amazed by the fact that like how amazing this exodus was and how amazing Mo- moses was that that the greater exodus is the one that like we, yeah. we experience that like mm-hmm. ours, there's a reason ours is called the greater Exodus. Yeah. And that, that to me just blows my mind mm-hmm. when you actually look at the details of this one. Right. Um, and I think that's, that's really hopeful uh, for us to remember the greater salvation, the greater prophet, uh, the greater deliverer that is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good and really, really helpful. And I think, I think for me, it's, I, I would challenge us all to, um, continue to have a curiosity and not just for each other, but mm. for familiar passages of scripture. Yeah, that's good. Um, the reason I say that is because many of us in our church have grown up in and around church, have looked at the life of Moses, I'm sure from yeah. a lot of different lenses, but we've been able to draw out some really cool observations yeah. and, and applications and things that are just really uh, really essential yeah. for what it looks like to follow this God that has revealed himself and that has provided a mediator for us to be restored to him and to each other and to live in a that's way right. that upholds his law to reflect him to the rest of the world. That's that's yeah. massive that's, and yeah. huge. But at the same time, like we've been surprised. Yeah. Um, I've even heard you be surprised yeah. in interacting with these texts. We even get weird questions about Moses's bones and, yeah. and what happens with them. And I, I, I think as we go into Advent, I would say continue that curiosity. Mm, that's good. Um, we're going to yeah. be going into these themes of love and joy and peace mm-hmm. uh, and hope yeah. um, that are so, I think be- it can become such a, Mm-hmm. An echo chamber, but mm-hmm. man, like leave yourselves and your hearts open to the spirit of God conforming you and opening your eyes to the ways that he's revealed himself and especially mm-hmm. how he's revealed himself in the incarnation yeah. um, in this prophet that did come, yeah, that did die, yeah, that did defeat the grave, yeah, that is ruling and reigning and he will come again. And yeah. Man, like that's I, I I would just say, man, stay soft that's in this good. season, yeah. um, and man, enjoy it uh, mm-hmm. while we can because that's just such a good gift uh, from from the Lord, the that giver is. of good gifts. Yeah, that's a good um, that's a good encouragement, Jenna. Yeah. yeah. Any other final thoughts, Matt? No, I think that's it. Yeah, we'll kick off Advent and then. Um, yeah, as far as the B side goes, yeah. we Take we don't have break. yeah we don't have any planned B side episodes for the month of December. 
Uh, we do have Plan B Side episodes for January. We'll be actually having some special guests in January right. talking about foster care and adoption and yeah. some folks from our church that'll kind of give some updates on their stories. That'll be great. Uh, if you do have questions over the sermons in December in the Advent series, feel free to send them in. And if we get some, yeah. we can definitely do like kind do of one catch-all yeah, yeah, Q&A type time. Episode. We'd love to do that. But no regularly scheduled B-Sides until January. And as you said, uh, just hope it's a really sweet time of enjoyment and celebration of the Advent season. So yeah. it's been great to uh, get these opportunities to, to um, do the B-Sides this fall. And hopefully they've uh, they've been helpful to you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks, Matt, for letting me do this. Oh, I'm glad. This, Good this to have semester. you. It's been great having you. Uh, thanks to uh, our listeners out there that have uh, been listening. And yeah, as Matt said, uh, we do hope this content is helpful for you. So if you do have any lingering questions, to feel free to let us know. You can email me or Matt, or yeah. uh, you can use our handy-dandy digital, uh, digital card, card. Yeah. on the back of your bulletin to send one in directly that way. So those are your options if you've got lingering questions or Advent questions that we could cover. Yeah. But if not, uh, we will see you again. In January. In, year, in 2024. In 2024. I can't believe the year's almost over. That's right. It's blown by. It has. Uh, and yeah, it has been my joy to be the host of the Liberty B-Side podcast for this fall. Uh, and thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.